You're listening to Pac-12 Today on Sirius XM Pac-12 Radio 373. Sean O'Connell and Jeff Schwartz on a Thursday afternoon here on Pac-12 Today. This evening on the Pac-12 Networks, you can watch ASU Sun Devils spring game. That's right, spring football camp already over. For Herm Edwards and crew, most teams haven't even started yet. Next week, we get a few kickoffs. Cal started this week, but the Sun Devils are wrapping it up tonight. Hod Rubino of DevilsDigest.com, uh, kind enough to join us. Hod, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate your time. Um, we, we've kind of asked this with everyone who's been around uh, Arizona State this is an early spring camp. Philosophically, it's a bit of a different move. Um, you've been around the team. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of coaches, players, etc. How was it received, especially now that it's kind of in the books? I think it has received pretty well. Uh, as you know, there's a uh, true quarterback battle raging uh, with the Sun Devils, and I think both the players and the coaches were anxious to sort out that battle as soon as they could instead of waiting until mid-April to see where the chips fall. They just wanted to get a clearer idea at the end of February what the pecking order may look like at quarterback and really just plan the rest of the offseason accordingly. So I think uh, that's uh, one one thing that uh, really uh, early spring practice benefited. There were a lot of injuries uh, during spring practice, uh, either players healing from injuries or players actually injured uh, during spring. And now that spring practices are going to end tonight effectively you just have longer recovering recovery time between now and august when fall camp starts so those are some of the uh, factors that i think both coaches and players mentioned uh with the uh early early spring practice i would say it's been received uh, pretty well by everybody on the team yeah i want to talk about exploring that that uh you mentioned there's been a bunch of injuries but they get more time to recover from those injuries i kind of felt like that could be the case when you play so early so isn't it it's kind of a weird trade-off right you might have more guys hurt now than you would have in March, but they have more time to now get healthy. Is it kind of almost counterproductive if guys are more guys in practice? Well, I mean, I don't know if if uh, uh, having your first practice be a month and a half after your ball game versus being two or three months after your ball game if, if that really makes really, really make that much of a difference. But 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 I feel that um, you know all in all you still have more recovering time because now. Let's say you're injured on the spring game. So instead of um, having recovery time from uh, middle of April until August, now you have recovery time from end of February to August. So you, you, you do it in another month and a half. And by the way, uh, part, of, part of your um, off-season uh, regimen is also uh, the, the conditioning program. And I know the coaches have said on numerous occasions that they like the fact that they're going to have uh, two blocks of seven weeks each without spring practice or even spring break for that matter, break, breaking those sessions up. And that's something uh, that they really saw as a benefit uh, for all of this. They, they really feel that as important as it is uh, to perform well in spring practice, that really players, especially the younger ones, are going to make the most significant gains in terms of reshaping their body and being conditioned for the season uh, for those months between March and August when they have the, the strength and conditioning program in full force. So that's something that I think can even – negate the injury uh, aspect that you just mentioned. 
questions and answers in spring ball often center around the quarterback position for every Pac-12 team, it feels like that, or, or most Pac-12 teams, I, I guess I should say, it feels like that. Arizona State, more so even than a lot of other places, because they made a splash in recruiting, they got the three freshmen coming in, but everything we're reading is that it's someone who's been in the program, who's taken the bulk of the reps, and looks like uh, is in the lead for that starting job. How how are these reps going to be divided up in a spring game? And is the race close to being decided as they wrap up spring camp? Well, to answer your first, your first question first, concerning uh, the reps uh, distribution, they're all going to be pretty even in the spring game just because they're going to have a maroon and white team playing against each other. So having an even number of quarterbacks at four, you're just going to have two quarterbacks on each team. Uh, facing against each other, and I think the reps should be very, very close to being equal. Now, in terms of just the overall race, I mean, you're absolutely right that the only returning scholarship quarterback, Dylan Sterling Cole, has definitely uh, made a big splash in spring, and I think that he perhaps took it uh, to heart and then some that three freshman quarterbacks were brought in in the 2019 class to compete with him and, and possibly have one of those newcomers be the starter. And I think Dylan Sterling Cole has definitely answered that challenge and has played very, very well. I said before spring practice started that I felt that there's going to be a two-man race at the end of spring practice between Sterling Cole and Jaden Daniels, who's the highest-rated quarterback to ever um, sign with Arizona State. And uh, so far, those two gentlemen are making my uh, prediction look very good because those are the two clubhouse leaders the way I see it. Um, I would really put them at one and one a, I think it's, I think it's really that close of a, of a battle, but, uh, those are the two quarterbacks that I expect, uh, going into fall camp are going to be the ones battling for the, uh, for the starting position. So there was definitely a lot of anticipation concerning this quarterback battle, but I really think throughout the first week, week and a half of spring, those two players, Sterling Cole and Daniels have really differentiated themselves from the pack. And basically the only drama, if you will, that's left here is uh, who's going to beat who between uh, those, those two signal callers. So it's maybe more of a personal gripe, but I'm sure you've, you've been through a lot of, of these quarterback competitions. I just think that when you split reps during training camp with quarterbacks, you end up not getting a good product to start the season. I would rather them choose a quarterback a week into training camp, give that guy all the reps. I know it's hard to do with, with, with young quarterbacks, but you've been around long enough to see these quarterback battles happen at camp. I just don't think it makes for a clean start of the season when, when your guy's not getting a bulk of the reps in training camp. Well, I agree with you that if you're still trying to split reps evenly in fall camp, yes, that's absolutely a problem. But right now in the spring, you're early enough in your off-season process, if you will, that you can start splitting them evenly at least the first two, three weeks of spring, and maybe towards the end of spring you kind of get a clear idea of who gonna, who's going to be really the tandem that's, that's going to be battling for starting position. And I think you've seen that from Arizona State quite a bit. Actually, the last few spring practices leading up to today, Dillister and Cole wasn't even taking 11-11 reps because that's a clear indication that he is already definitely one of the contenders for a starting job, period, end of story. And now the coaches just want to see if the other two freshmen, Joey Yellen and Ethan Long, can somewhat catch up with, with, with Jaden Daniels for that one player that's really going to battle Sterling Cole 
And so far, like I said, I don't think uh, either quarterback has really caught up to Daniels anyway. But absolutely, I would say that one week tops into fall camp, you will see the two quarterbacks that the coaches do see as a starter and the primary backup take take the majority of the reps. So again, distributing reps in the spring, really not a big deal. But as far as distributing in fall camp, I couldn't agree more. And again, I think Arizona State is definitely going to uh, have, a, have a really clear line in the sand, if you will, one week into fall camp, showcasing just by the number of reps who they think are going to be the two quarterbacks battling for the starting position. Hod Rubino of Devil's Digest joining us to talk a little Arizona State spring football. Is there a noticeable difference in the buzz around this program this year versus last year? I think that um, there was a lot of wait and see, if not uh, full-out uh, skepticism, with, with the hire of Herm Edwards. I mean, I've seen uh, pundits around the country that I really respect their opinion predicting that Arizona State was going to have three or four wins tops in 2018 just because Herm Edwards was the head coach, and much to their chagrin, I guess, and uh, the joy of Sun Devil fans, Herm Edwards was able to uh, defy those low expectations, which maybe weren't that hard to uh, defy to begin with. But, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely some excitement around the program. I think it's really more rooted in the way the defense has played. Uh, the last three years of Todd Graham and Tempe, uh, the defense has been has been pretty atrocious. Uh, in, in two of those years, uh, they finished last among all FBS teams in passing defense. Phil Bennett came in for uh, Todd Graham's last season. You saw you saw some improvement, but uh, having any given ASU opponent completing two, three, four plays, whether it's in the air or on the ground of 30 yards or more, was really commonplace when it came to Arizona State defense. And I think Danny Gonzalez, the defensive coordinator that came from San Diego State, ironically a team that did beat Arizona State and Todd Graham's last year, has really been able to revamp this defense with a 3-3-5. And really, this is a unit that features a lot of young, talented players. So you see a strong foundation that is built for the future, and players are going to be for at least at least for two more years in the program. So I think there's a lot of excitement uh, surrounding this team uh, on the defense. And obviously on offense, when you have running back, you know, Benjamin, who broke uh, the uh, all-time single-season school record last year uh, with, in, in rushing yards, yeah, him, him returning uh, uh, to the team and possibly his last year because a uh, good chance he might declare for the NFL draft in 2020, uh, that definitely gives you uh, a lot of hope for the offense. Yes, you need to address some uh, questions at quarterback, there's no escaping that aspect. But when you have, you know, Benjamin as a running back, you have both an offensive line and a wide receiver group that is full of seniors and upperclassmen. I think there's definitely some excitement uh, concerning Arizona State. And really, all in all, when you look at the Pac-12 South, it was a big uh, mystery last year who, who, the, who the best team uh, was going to be in the end. And uh, I think Arizona State, if you look at uh, how the games progressed throughout the season, really handed Utah the Pac-12 South on a silver platter. But um, that aside, I really think that a lot of the teams that had issues in 2018 in the Pac-12 South are still going to have the same issues in 2019, and this division is wide, wide open for Arizona State uh, for the taking. And I'm sure some other teams in that division now feel the same. But uh, all in all, I think uh, there's definitely excitement um, about this team. And again, I would say, you know, Benjamin are running back a very young and improved defense uh, are probably the main reasons why there's a lot of optimism in Tempe for 2019. 
You mentioned the the improved defense. Obviously, you know, look in the Pac-12, you don't have to have an elite defense. You just need one that can turn you know turn, turn the ball over and 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 rush the passer. How, how far away do you think Arizona State is at just being the the the, the defense that can do that? Rush the passer force enough turnovers to really kind of bolster your offense? Well, I think they definitely have the potential to, to be one of the leaders uh, overall in the conference. I really have no doubt about that. You've seen linebackers uh, like Merlin like Robertson and, and Darian Butler, who were freshmen last year. They're only going to be better this year. In the defensive backfield, uh, you have uh, two upperclassmen, at cornerback, Kobe Williams and Chase Lucas, proven players in Pac-12 play. Ashari Quazrell at safety was another freshman who started uh, more than a handful of games in 2018. So there's, there's definitely a good foundation now for this defense, I think, when it comes to turnovers and stopping the run. When it comes to rushing the passer, that's an interesting factor in and itself because the defensive line right now in spring practice is really, really thin. There were some departures that took place, some players getting injured, and uh, ASU cannot wait for the Cavalry to come soon enough with uh, right now four additions at defensive line, they might even have more more than that when it's when it's all said and done. So uh, I agree that 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 would be a huge uh, factor to see if Arizona State can improve uh, their play up front in terms of in terms of rushing the passer. I think there's a potential for that, but uh, that is uh, perhaps maybe the only question mark on an Arizona State defense, which, like I said, uh, if they progress as everybody thinks they will, will definitely be one of the better units in the Pac-12. Jeff and I have been kind of discussing and debating the merits of Herm's kind of NFL style. He's got a lot of guys with connections from the league on his staff, uh, very high-level performers, longtime veterans, et cetera. How much is that translating to the guys on the team right now? Do, do, they, do they pay attention to it? Are recruits paying a lot of attention to it, or is this more of a media story than anything? No, I think the definitely recruits are paying attention for it. I mean, as we know – the NFL Combine is taking place as we speak, and uh, wide receiver Nikhil Harry, who uh, did uh, forego his senior year at Arizona State, is in the in the NFL Combine right now, preparing for the draft. Uh, a player that, at worst, is going to be drafted in, in in the second round. So I think that's one indication for uh, recruits that do have NFL aspirations that if you do come to Arizona State, you can definitely help um, have a path from college to the NFL when 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 you do decide to join this program. And really, I mean, how many how many coaches do you have in the Pac-12 besides Herm Edwards and Chip Kelly that have, that actually coached uh, quite a few years in the NFL? Know they know what it takes to make the next level. And like you said, it's not only Herm Edwards; there's also assistant coaches Antonio Pierce, linebackers coach, offensive analyst uh, Kevin Mawai, who just got uh, elected yeah. to the Hall of Fame last last month. I think that's a lot of, um, as the young young kids say, street cred. <laughs> that when you have when you have coaches talk about okay this is what you need to do to get to the NFL or you have the potential to get to the NFL I think it resonates just a little differently when it comes from guys like Herm Edwards Antonio Pierce Kevin O'Leary compared to a lot of other coaches in the Pac-12 so um, yeah I don't think it's a media, media buzz I think that uh, Arizona State definitely sells itself as as a program that has NFL experience on it and also and also is run as as an NFL team I mean Herm Edwards have jokingly said just earlier this week that uh, he's used to having two-hour practices in the NFL where it's really a matter of working smarter, not harder. Uh, that's definitely a departure from other coaches we've seen at Arizona State yeah. and probably around college football for that for that matter. So I think that's another aspect that is very, very appealing um, for, for players that they know they're not going to be out there in the practice field three, three and a half hours, but rather work two hours and work hard 
and again, receive instruction, receive feedback from players that have been there, done that in terms of a coach or a player in the NFL. So I think uh, that's an aspect that Arizona State is certainly banking uh, to help them in recruiting and uh, really attracting uh, some of the uh, top prospects in the nation. Last question for me. We know about Eno Benjamin and, and, and that offensive line. I really thought their offensive line played really strong at the end of the year. I vote for the Joe Moore Award. I actually had them on there as a semifinalist, uh, or maybe a, a quarterfinalist, whatever it was. They were on the list of teams to review. Uh, how's that offensive yeah. line looking going to 2019? Yeah, even though they, they lost two seniors in, in, uh, in Quinn Bailey and Casey Tucker, like I said, uh, they are all but a guarantee to start five seniors across the line. So uh, just a couple of seniors that maybe haven't played uh, that much as starters in uh, 2018 are now going to be stars in 2019. So, yes, this is definitely an offensive line that is uh, long in the tooth, and that's uh, definitely um, a, a good thing. Obviously, right now in spring practice, they're enhancing the chemistry that much more to carry over to carry over from 2018. And, look, I mean, when you have a running back of the Cowboy, you know, Benjamin, I think the offensive line plays us a little harder uh, in, uh, in, in opening those running lanes for such a, for such a talented ball carrier. I think uh, the offensive line and their experience and their talent is really going to help whomever is going to be starting behind center, whether it's Sheldon Cole or Jaden Daniels, at least according to my prediction. And uh, I think that uh, it, it all can come, uh, come together really, really well for this, um, for this offense. I mean, I can still see an offense that's not going to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, especially because of the fact that whomever is going to win this job is going to be a newcomer. Some of it's going to be very short on, on experience if have any experience at all. And I think a lot, a lot will be expected from this offensive line. But Dave Christensen, the offensive line coach, has really uh, revived a um, a unit that really underperformed, I thought, uh, in, the, in the last couple of years of, of Todd Graham. And uh, whether it's uh, not only opening really ample lanes for Eno Benjamin to have the year that he had, but really protecting uh, the, the, the quarterback quite well, I think uh, this offensive line as I mentioned earlier, is definitely one more reason why you should be excited about this Arizona State offense. Uh, there's no substitute for experience, especially when it comes to the offensive line. And you right now you just have a lot of players that, 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 that have been there, done that. Like Dave Christensen might be one of the most underrated position coaches in the Pac-12, in my opinion. So, uh, yes, I, I can see this uh, offensive line helping uh, pave a way for an offense that could be probably even better than it was in 2018. That's Todd Rubino of Devil's Digest, kind enough to lend some perspective on Herm Edwards' program. Enjoy the spring game tonight. Okay, thanks for having me out.